Shalom to all. Today's office, Yvonne Mustaf Chavav. We are starting the second line with a brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarah, Basar Yaakov, Meisha, Hernish Sham, Shadav, and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars Rivka, Basar Meir Zev, Hernish Sham, Shadav, and Aliyah. Now we learned about a Chacham that upheld a woman's nether, and because of that, her husband divorced her. We also learned about the messenger who delivered her woman's get, and about a fellow who testified about her husband's death. In all these cases, the Mishnah stated that this man is not allowed to marry this woman, for a rumor is going to start that perhaps he only upheld the nether, or testified that the husband died so that he could marry her. The Mishnah tells us, in all these cases, if this man, the one that came to testify, or the Chacham, if they were already married, and then their wife died, they're allowed to marry that woman whom they testified about or whom they upheld her nether. Why is that? Because their marriage now has nothing to do with the fact that they were previously involved in enabling her to get married to someone else. When they were involved in that case, they were already married. So nothing here looks strange. The Mishnah continues with Flipside, Vikulan, and all these women, if they got married to a different man, they had this testimony about their husband, so now they got married to a second second husband, and his Garshush and his Almanu, and then they got divorced from that second husband, or they got widowed from that second husband. They're allowed to marry this man who was involved in upholding the nether, or testifying about their husband, because again, nothing looks strange over here. And furthermore, Vakulon, all these women, they're allowed to marry this man's son or brother. Now the more analyze the first part of the Mishnah, the only time this man would be allowed to marry this woman is if this man's wife had died, but not if he divorced his wife, because if he divorced his wife, it would look strange. It would seem to be that he divorces his wife so that he can now marry this woman whom he had just upheld her nether or whom he had just testified that her husband had died. Ask him about Rav Hill or Rav Ashi or Rav Hill asked Rav Ashi about you have a brass that has a feeling his garshu. Even if he had divorced his wife, he's allowed to marry this woman whom he had testified about or upheld her nether. The Gemara answers like Hashi has no problem. In this scenario where this husband and wife always used to fight and then he divorces his wife, so then he's allowed to marry this woman whom he had upheld her nether or testified about. That's because nothing here looks strange. It's clear that the reason why he divorces wife is because they always used to fight and has nothing to do with him desiring to marry this new woman. However, if they never used to fight and out of the blue he divorces her and then decides to marry this woman whom he had just upheld her nether or testified about her husband dying, then something there looks strange and he would not be allowed to marry her. Mibaisim alternatively, both cases are talking about where they didn't previously used to fight. However, now that he's divorcing her, obviously they're in some sort of fight. But like Kasha, well, there's no Kasha. One is where he started the fight. If he started the fight and then divorces her, it's seems like he engineered this fight so that he can have an excuse to divorce her so that he can marry this other woman. However, if she started the fight, she started all the bickering and the fighting. So when he divorces her, he's allowed to marry that woman whom he had testified about or whom he had upheld her nether because nothing looks strange in that case. And the Meshach said, all these women, if they had gotten married after this testimony that their husband died or their husband divorced them, they married someone else. And then that person died or divorced them, they are allowed to get married to the person who was instrumental in their divorce or in testifying that their husband had died. The Gemara suggests, the Misa is going on the Misa case, the Gershon is going on the Gershon case. Meaning, it seems to be saying that after she's widowed from her second husband, she can marry the man who testified about the death of her first husband. Or after she was divorced from her second husband, she can marry the man who's instrumental in her divorce from her first husband. And if that's the case, name Masis and Doi Karebi. Let's say Aramish is not like Rebbe. The Karebi feels like Rebbe. Ha'amai Rebbe says, betray Zimni have a Chazaka. That two times is a Chazaka. Now, as a Machlaikas, if two times creates a Chazaka or three times, Rebbe holds two times creates a Chazaka. We know there's a concept of a woman who's a Katlanis. If a woman has a Chazaka that her husbands die, so then we're not allowed to marry this woman. Or if a woman has a Chazaka that her husbands just tend to divorce her, so then a person is not allowed to marry her. Because as if there's some sort of mazel that her husband's just going to die or divorce her. From the fact that Aramish 
Mishnah is saying that even though she got divorced twice or both of her husbands died, she's still allowed to get married a third time, it must be the widow passing like Rebbe, because Rebbe holds that Chazaka is after two times, but over here, after two times, we still allow her to get remarried. The Gemara says, Lie, that's not a raya, because Misa Gershin Vigershin Amisa. It's very possible that our Mishnah is talking about that her first husband died and her second husband had divorced her, or her first husband had divorced her and her second husband died, so we don't have any Chazaka rayas over here. And the Mishnah said, Vakulan, all these women, Mutar Slibne and Oilachayim, they're allowed to marry the son or the brother of this man that I testified about them or that it upheld their nether. The Gemara has Mashnami Hadatanya, why is it different from the following Brisa, Hanitan Mene Isha, someone whom there's rumors about him that he was Mazana with this woman, Asr Bima Uvito Vachaisa. He is now allowed to marry her mother, sister, or daughter. Now, the reason why he's not allowed to marry the mother, sister, or daughter is because we suspect that the only reason why he wants to marry her relative is so that he could be in closer proximity to her so that he could continue to be Mazana with her. So, why is it that we don't allow him to marry a relative of the woman whom he suspected of being Mazana with because we're afraid that he's going to want to continue this relationship? And she's not also to marry his relative. Why don't we have that same chashash that he engineered this woman to marry his brother or his son so that he could be in closer proximity to them so that he could continue to be Mazana with this woman? So, Gemara has two answers. Women will go visit women. So, in the case where he suspected of being Mazana with a woman, he's not allowed to marry, say, her daughter because the daughter and the mother are going to visit with each other often. That's what women do. And then he's going to be in close proximity to this woman whom he wants to be Mazana with. However, men don't go and visit men. So, even if we suspect that he has something going on with this woman and she marries his son, his son is not going to come visit him often, so they're not going to be in closer proximity to each other anyway, so we don't have to suspect that anything's going to be happening here. Or Inami, alternatively, we could say, Women will not ask for each other, so therefore they won't be makbid. Meaning, even if this man marries the daughter of the woman whom he suspected of being Mizana with, and he continues to be Mizana with this woman after he marries her daughter, even if the daughter knows about it, she's not necessarily going to say anything because she's not going to become usher to her husband. As we know, if a man is Mizana during a marriage, he doesn't become usher to his wife. It's only if a woman is Mizana, she becomes usher to her husband. So therefore, we can't allow this man to marry the daughter of the woman whom he suspected of being Mizana with because he could continue to be Mizana with her and no issues will arise. However, Gavri, the Asun Shkibasan Adadi, a man, if his wife is Mizana, so now his wife becomes usher to him, Kapti Adadi, so then we mock it with each other. If this woman marries the son of the man whom she suspected of being Mizana with, her husband's going to keep very careful watch on her because if she's Mizana with his father, she becomes usher to him. And he doesn't want that to happen. So therefore, we allow her to marry the son or the brother of this man that she suspected of being Mizana with. The Gemara asks, Hachi, if so, of Nami, why don't we say that she could even marry this person's father? Why does our mission is say that she's allowed to marry his brother's son, but the Mishnah clearly implies that she's not allowed to marry his father? The Gemara answers, Lami Baya, Kamar, it's a Lami Baya. Lami Baya, Aviv, the Baz is For sure, she would be allowed to marry the father because the son is embarrassed to be Mazana with his father's wife. Aval Benai, but when we're dealing with a person, Son, the Lai Baz is Aviv Minei. The father's not necessarily embarrassed to be Mazana with his son's wife. A Malai, I might say that there would be an issue of this woman marrying his son. Kamashmal, the Chirash is that she would be allowed to marry his son. Hajal Chetzar Ishat Hachiv Malzor for finishing the second pair of Masechus Yvamas. We should be Zachar to finish the entire Masechus together and, of course, all of Shas together. And now this measure starts out with a case we've encountered a number of times before, so you should be familiar with it. Arbo Achin, four brothers, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Shnaim, Hem, Nusim, Shteachayas, two of them are married to two sisters. Reuven and Shimon are married to Leah and Rachel. And these two brothers married to the two sisters died without children. The two remaining brothers, Levi and Yehuda, they have to do chalitza and not yibam. And if they got up and they married them, they decide not to do chalitza, they did yibam, they have to get divorced. Now, Rabbi Lezer, Amr, Rabbi Lezer says, says Yikayim, they're allowed to stay married. They have to get divorced from these women. Let's say, one of these sisters was ushered to one of the brothers in Isra Erva. For example, Leah was Levi's mother-in-law. 
So Leah is not allowed to marry her because she's his mother-in-law, but he's allowed to marry her sister, Rachel. And the second one, meaning Yehuda, the last remaining brother, he's asked to marry both sisters. Let's say Isra Mitzvah of Isra Kedusha, one of these women had an Isra Mitzvah or Isra Kedusha to marry one of the brothers. Then she would need Chalitza, not Yibam. Let's say One of them was asked to one of them in Isra Erva, and the other one was asked to the other one in Isra Erva. Let's say that Leah was Levi's mother-in-law, and Rachel was Yehuda's mother-in-law. In that case, The one which is usher to this one is mutter to that one. The one that's usher to that one is mutter to this one. So Leah is not allowed to marry Levi, but she's allowed to marry Yehuda. And Rachel is not allowed to marry Yehuda, but she's allowed to marry Levi. And Vizuhi Amri, this is what they said. When we have sisters that are Yivamais, we could either do Chalitza or Yibam. Now analyzing the first part of the Mishnah where we said we have two sisters falling to two brothers, the brothers have to do Chalitza and not Yibam. Shema Aminah, it seems to be that we say from here, Yesh Zika, that we say Yesh Zika. What is Zika? Again, we've said that Zika is not just this connection that a Yavam has to Yavama and makes them so connected it's as if they're partially married, it's as if there's some sort of Kiddushin, some sort of marriage over here. So it must be that there's Zika. Why is that? The ain't Zika, because if we say ain't Zika, Mechdi, let's see, these two women are coming from two different houses. They had two different husbands. One of them was married to Reuven, one of them was married to Shimon. Why don't we say that Levi should be one of them and Yehuda should be Miyabim the other one? From the fact that we say that neither Levi nor Yehuda are allowed to do Yibam and they both have do Chalitza, it must be the Yesh Zika. Why is that? Because Zika would say that both of these women are very connected to both Levi and Yehuda. So if Levi would try to do Yibam to one of them, it would be an issue of Achais Zikukasai. He's Zakuk to the other one as well. He's not going to marry the sister of the one he's Zakuk to, and Yehuda would run into that same issue also. From the fact that we say that Levi and Yehuda have to do Chalitza, it must be the Yesh Zika. The Gemara says, Zika, tell you that ain't Zika. So why is it that Levi and Yehuda are not allowed to do Yibam, they have to do Chalitza? It's because Mishum the Kasavar, we have this issue that's called we're not allowed to bring about a situation that the whole mitzvah of Yibam is going to be completely done away with without Yibam or Chalitza. And how is that going to be possible? It's possible that Levi is going to do Yibam to one of them. Then Mais Idach, the other one's going to die. Yehuda's going to die before he had the ability to do Yibam or Chalitza. And now the second woman, let's say Rachel, she didn't have either Yibam or Chalitza done to her. Levi is not allowed to do Yibam to her because Levi already married her sister and he can't do Chalitza either because he's married to her sister. So that's going to turn out to be a case where one of the women didn't have Yibam or Chalitza, and that's a problem of Asr Mrs. Yibamin. The Gemara asks, Why do we have to set the case up where there was four brothers, two married to two sisters, and then they fell to two brothers? Why don't we just say that there's three brothers? Two of them were married to two sisters. Those two brothers died. These two sisters fell to their last remaining brother, and in that case also, we're able to say, even though Ain Zika, he's still not allowed to marry one of them, because if he marries one of them, the other one is going to end up going free without Yibam or Chalitza. So Gemara tells us, you're right, but it's a Lemibaya. Lemibaya Talasa, for sure, if there was only three brothers, that for sure, when we have two brothers die, and these two women fall to this last remaining brother, of course, he's not allowed to marry one of them, he's not allowed to do Yibim, because then we're going to be Mavato Mrs. Yivamin with the other one. So he would have to do Chalitza to both of them. That's, of course, Aval Dalid, but if we have four brothers, Lemisa Lechashinon, wouldn't have to be Chayshesh, that after two brothers die, another brother's going to die before he has ability to do Yibim or Chalitza to that last remaining sister, that we are chayshish, that that brother's also going to die. The Gemara asks, Why don't we be chayshish even in the case of five brothers? We have five brothers. Two of them are married to two sisters. These two sisters fall to three remaining brothers. Why aren't we chayshish that two of the brothers are going to die after one of them does yibum? The Gemara answers, Let me see the trailer, chayshinon. We're not chayshish that two brothers are going to die in such a case. We'll be chayshish that one brother dies, but not that two brothers are going to die. And now on for another case, Amar Rabbah 
We have three sisters that are Yivames, and they fall in front of two brothers that are Yivamin. Meaning we have a case of five brothers, three of them are married to three sisters, and then these three brothers die, so these three sisters fall to the two remaining brothers. We're going to call the two remaining brothers Reuven and Shemen. So what do these two remaining brothers do to these three sisters? Reuven will do chalitza to one woman, Shemen will do chalitza to another woman, Vamsayas in the middle one, which really means the last remaining woman, she needs chalitza from both of the brothers. Now, Amalei Rabbi Rabbi told him, from the fact that you're saying that that last remaining woman needs chalitza from both brothers, Kasavras, it must be that you hold yesh zika, that there's zika over here, so she's zakuk to both brothers, and this chalitza is considered a chalitza psula. And when we're dealing with chalitza psula, she has to go to all the brothers to get chalitza, getting chalitza from one of them is not enough. Now, it's important to emphasize, what is chalitza psula? It doesn't mean the chalitza is puzzle. It means that it's lacking. There's something missing in this chalitza. When the yavam has the ability to do yibam, if he wants to, he could be miyabim her, but instead he does chalitza, that's considered chalitza kshera. That's 100% valid. That's a strong chalitza. However, if he's not able to do yibam, but he has some sort of zika to her, so he has to do chalitza, that's considered chalitza psula. It's a lacking chalitza. It's not 100% solid chalitza. So Rab is telling him, from the fact that you're requiring this last woman to get chalitza from both brothers, it must be that it's chalitza psula, because she's talking to both of them, but she can't marry either one of them. She can't marry Reuven because Reuven had already given Chalitza to her sister, and she can't marry Shimon because Shimon had given Chalitza to her other sister. So she has a Zika to both of them, but she can't marry them. So she's getting a half Chalitza from both of them. So Rabbi concludes his question, Ihachif, that's really so, Kamai Sanami, what about the original sisters? Why don't the original two sisters need Chalitza from both brothers? Why are we saying that it's okay for Reuven to give Chalitza to one sister, Shimon to the other sister, and the last remaining sister needs Chalitza from both of them? All sisters should have to receive chalitza from all the brothers. So the answer is, You're right, if they fell at the same time, meaning if we're working out chalitza at the same time, they would all need chalitza from Ruven and Shimon. Let's say the first three brothers all died on the same day, and the next day everyone's coming to Bezin to work out chalitza. So you're right, these three sisters would need chalitza from both Ruven and Shimon. Where they fell one after another. One sister, she fell, her husband died, so now she's falling to these two brothers. Chalitza Ruven, Ruven did Chalitza. Reuven could have married her if he wanted to. Shimon also could have married her if he wanted to. But instead, Reuven decided to do Chalitza. That's Chalitza Kshera, since he was able to marry her. But instead, he did Chalitza. That's 100% valid Chalitza. Nafla Idach. Now the second sister fell. Chalitza Shimon. Shimon did Chalitza to her. Again, Shimon could have married her if he wanted to. But instead, he decided to do Chalitza. So it's 100% valid Chalitza. Now the Nafla Idach, the third sister fell. When there's Chalitza with Reuven, so that takes away his Zika. When there's Chalitza, with Shimon that takes away his Zika. Now the Gemara just asks a technical question. Vama Rav, Rav says Ain Zika. So why are we discussing a case of Rav and we're saying Yesh Zika? The Gemara answers Yesh Zika Ka'amar. He was saying this halacha according to the Manda Amar that Yesh Zika. Now this is all a member from Rav. Ushmul Amar Shmuel holds Echad Chalitz Lekulon. One brother is allowed to do Chalitza for all the sisters. Ruvain he could do Chalitza to all these three sisters. Shimon doesn't have to get involved. The Gemara asks Mechdi Let's see. Shamina Leil Shmuel Amar Chalitza Ma'ali Be'inon. We know that Shmuel holds we need to have 100% valid Chalitza. It can't be a Chalitza Psula. We need to have a complete severing chalitza like we spoke about previously. Damar Shmuel, because Shmuel said in regards to a case where two brothers were married to two sisters, but each had another wife as well. These brothers died, and their wives, which is four in total, fell to the surviving brother. In that case, Shmuel holds, if this remaining brother did chalitza to the sisters, their tsaris, their co-wives, are not pater. That's because it's not 100% valid chalitza. Now, here's the question on what Shmuel said. If Shimon could do chalitza to the second sister that falls, and that would be 100% valid chalitza, because Shimon didn't do chalitza yet. So if he wants, he can marry her. 
or he could do chalitza to her. So chalitza, we're going to allow Reuven to do a pasal chalitza. If Reuven did chalitza to the first woman, and then he does chalitza to the second woman, that's considered chalitza psula. That's lacking. Since he already did chalitza to her sister, he's not able to marry the second woman. So his chalitza to the second woman is only a half chalitza. And Shmuel himself holds that we need 100% valid chalitza. So why would Shmuel say that Reuven is allowed to do chalitza to all these women? Shmuel himself should hold that Shimon should have to do chalitza to that second woman. So Mar says, no, my echad chalitza kul and nami de ka'amar. What does Shmuel mean when he said that one could do chalitza to all of them? It's not like we originally understood that Reuven could do chalitza to all three sisters. I am tzayas, it means that one could do chalitza to that last remaining sister. Reuven does chalitza to one of them, Shimon does chalitza to the other one, and the last one is allowed to have chalitza done to her by either one of the brothers. She doesn't need chalitza from both brothers. As the Gemara Kulan Ka'amar, he used the Lashon of Kulan, implying that one brother is allowed to do chalitza to all three sisters. The Gemara says, no, Kima the Rubagabe, Karile Kulan. Since one of the brothers is going to end up doing chalitza to two of the sisters, and the other brother is only doing chalitza to one of them, so consider like he did chalitza to all of them, it just means he did chalitza to the majority of them. Vibai same alternatively, we could say, Kika'amar Shmuel, when does Shmuel say chalitza ma'ali bi'inun, we have to have 100% valid chalitza, hanamili miftar tsarasa, that's only to patr this woman's tsara, aval miftar nafsha, patra, but just to patr this woman herself, and she doesn't have a tsara, so even though it's only half chalitza, that's not a problem. We're going to stop here for the day, continuing to analyze the shita of Shmuel. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.